Josh here. If you like the podcast, please consider becoming a patron. You'll get exclusive weekly bonus stories from all your favorite guests. And you can ask me questions about the show or my creative process. Find the link in the show notes. And thanks for your support. There's this really tall, skinny dude with cowboy hat. And there's this other dude who's like like heavyset dude with uh, not very many teeth and uh, just like this slick back, thinning red hair. And we we're just like, oh my God. Like it's, it was just, it was like instantaneously just a little bit that like scary feeling. Like you're like, oh fuck, what are we getting into? Like this is kind of crazy. Welcome to Atypical Daydream, a podcast about life on the road. I'm Josh, your host, and thanks for stopping by. My first guest is Keith Wagner. He's a musician, songwriter, and he makes surfboards. You'll know him from his band's Amateurs and the more recent Earthquake Don't Give a Fuck. Keith's story is straight out of the movie Vacation. But unlike the film, this one is only funny in hindsight. My first tours were with a band called Paleo from Chico when I was living out there. And that was my first national tour. And it was like a huge undertaking to put together. Just going like after after that, I was just totally hooked. I was like, okay, when can we do this again? Meanwhile, I got a band who's like, fucking get away from me, Keith, you know? So we just spent a month together in a van. Like a lot of those like early like punk projects were like all very transient because we were very transient. So we would be, you know, we would have this band and we would do some shows and things like that and record demos and all that. And then all of a sudden two of the guys are off in Oregon or in, you know, or we spent a lot of time in Berkeley too. So we'd be out like in Berkeley and just go there for weeks or in San Francisco and just hang out there, you know, and then we'd shit got rough or whatever if like squat got busted and we needed you know needed a place to go needed a change of scenery go back to reading hang out there for a little while start playing in another band for for a little while i think that that probably contributed to like my comfort with the lifestyle too it's like it, it doesn't take much for me you know and really once i had music it was like as long as as long as we can play as long as we can play shows every night and go on these crazy adventures. I mean, like, what the fuck? What do I care if I have a bed to sleep in or not? You know what I mean? It's a fucking good time. I, I'd say <laughs> anyone that can join a rock band, do it now. Get an old van, one that kind of works, and, and drive really fast. Really far, too. Drive really far. Through Craigslist, found a few guys who were interested in in getting on the road but i don't think any of them have really toured before but everybody's all into it before they do it so we had got everything ready to go we were together maybe for like eight months had recorded this album started booking some stuff out of town i had planned this west coast tour to go up to i think we went up to portland we had got invited to play a show up in chico with some friends of ours at this club called riffraff and I guess I should lead with when I started touring in 2002, I had uh, picked up this old 1977 Dodge Tradesman 
like full-size van, white with no windows, like totally scary, but amazing. Did the full thing, threw a couch in there, built out a rack in the back for all the gear. And then I, I had just been touring in this. So I'd already taken this van across the country. We packed up the van and we took off for Chico. It's like evening time, like just getting dark. And then like all of a sudden, like van, just like my steering wheel seizes up, the brakes seize up, everything seizes up in the van. And we're just, we're going like probably like 60, 65 miles an hour, just like smoke and steam everywhere. We like totally know that we're fucked. We're like instantly not making the show, not happening. It took several hours. We were able to get a tow truck out there. And the guys are just like, the dream is ruined. It's like, oh man, first time out, this is what happens. This tow truck gets there, tows us into this town called um, Arbuckle, which is, I, there's probably like a few hundred people that live there. I, I, don't, I don't even remember how big it is, but it was like super rural. By this time, it's like in the morning and this tow truck is like carrying us. And we were riding in the van backwards into the town, just cruising me and one of the other guys in the front seat, just like tripping out. I think that like people don't realize uh, in California how how rural it, it really does get. You know what I mean? We could have been driving through the middle of Arkansas, <laughs> you know, or or something. It was a trip. So anyway, we pull up to this big warehouse and there's this really tall, skinny dude with cowboy hat. And there's this other dude who's like like heavy set dude with uh, not very many teeth and uh, just like this slick back thinning red hair and we we're just like oh my god like it's it was just it was like instantaneously just a little bit that like scary feeling like you're like oh fuck what are we getting into like this is kind of crazy and the dude with cowboy hat was just like a total like fast talker his name was Tex believe it or not and he's like oh yeah I can totally have you fixed up give me a day we'll put it together you guys can stay in the warehouse tonight so we were like a little unsure. We didn't really have a choice in the matter. So we were like, okay, fine. They pull the van into the warehouse and then they tell us, show us where we're going to be sleeping. There's like a room with a couple of couches. The vibe of this place is just totally off, you know, in terms of like the warehouse and these people and everything. But you're kind of like, fingers crossed. Okay, we'll see what happens. The first night we start exploring this place, we're just like out and about. And it's like, it's like literally there is one little market where you get food there is, there's like a gas station. There's uh, two bars. There's one bar where the white folks go and one bar where the Latino folks go. And then they don't intermingle. So they told us like straight up one of the first things, because we were like, where's the bar? And they're like, well, go to this one. Definitely don't go to this one because there could be trouble, right? So um, head over to the, the local bar. We're hanging out and meet the folks at the bar and then we end up like they they're like oh figure out that we're a band and they're like oh we come play some music so we hauled all of our gear over to this little bar and we played a set for free beer and we're hanging out and just to give you an idea of the vibe and sort of where we were at we were like this like early aughts indie rock band like with big hair and tight jeans and just stick out like a sore thumb and they're like we're into playing like our first or second song and my buddy gong reminded me of this today so I was asking him just to kind of refresh my memory. And this dude yells out in the car. He's like, get a haircut, queer. And then, so that was kind of like established the vibe of the night. And we ended up, he reminded me, he was like, dude, we played at that bar every night that we were there. Like, and so that's just a little bit of foreshadowing. It didn't end that night. We were stuck in this town 
for like three days and maybe like left on the morning of the fourth day, if I remember right. So we're just like hanging out, killing time. And it's one of those things where they're like, oh yeah, it's almost done. It's almost done. And we're just like, okay, you know, hanging out like day after day. I remember one of the guys had like a fancy job out in the city and they could afford to like send somebody to come pick him up because they needed him back at work so after like two days our drummer was like see ya and he like somebody came to pick him up and took him back to the city i'm the only one really who has anything to worry about because it's my van so i'm not going to leave it there and and sort of forfeit that so i'm kind of there for the long haul and then the other two guys stayed with me and hung out over the course of the time that we were there we became kind of like locally famous so we would <laughs> we would i remember one time we went to the the grocery store to pick up some stuff and the girl who was checking us out at the register she's like y'all are with that band huh <laughs> we we're like yeah and she's like hooked us up with like a bunch of free corn dogs and like chicken tenders <laughs> sent us on our way day three I'm like have completely lost my patience, but I have no recourse. And and just to give you an idea of the vibe of this place, it was like, I'll bet you money they were cooking meth there in that warehouse. I, I will bet money that that was what was going on because it's just like tweaker all night long sort of like setting. So anyway, eventually after several days, they're like, okay, van's fixed. I'm like, great. And I go, <laughs> go to see the van. The van's like sitting up as if maybe it's like got a lift in the front. <laughs> they had put a rear axle from a, a dot like a like a Dodge pickup truck, as one of the smaller ones, on there. So it had this like tiny rear axle on the back, and then it had like my regular one on the front. And I was like, dude, I was like, that's not the right part. And he's like, oh yeah, it's the only one we can find. <laughs> It was like, that'll be $1,400. This next story comes from Adeline Dante, or Addie for short. She's a musician, songwriter, and an astrologer. You'll know her from her band, Adeline and the Philistines. But she's also played and sat in with many L.A. bands. Addie's story is really special to me because it deals with the legend of my hometown, the amazing Daniel Johnston. I've heard a lot of stories about him, but this one definitely steals the show. Music has always been my life, but I just never saw myself. I just didn't even think... In a million years, I could get on a stage and sing in front of people or play guitar. It was like a dream come true. I had never, I would have been doing that my whole life, but I never thought I could. Does that make sense? So Daniel Johnston. So I, I joined this band called the Panty Lions and learned all of their songs. And we were going to go on tour with Daniel Johnston. We were going to start in Tucson and then go over to San Diego and go all the way up to San Francisco. And then I don't remember how we were going to get back down to Austin, but we were supposed to get back to Austin with Daniel. I had never really heard Daniel Johnson before. Like that was my whole introduction to him. And I didn't know that much about it. I knew Kurt Cobain's t-shirt was like as much as I knew. But so we pulled into Tucson and like Tucson, it was like 90 degrees at night. And I loved that shit. I'm a warm weather person, you know, and I had never been on tour before. So here's me like little girl, three guys, 
I was so excited that night. And um, Daniel Johnston was sitting in the little, like during soundcheck or whatever, he was sitting on the little restaurant on the side of the venue in like a big booth um, with the like polished wood. And um, he was just like chain smoking cigarettes and chain drinking Diet Cokes, right? And he was wearing sweatpants, like always. He was Daniel Johnson. He was exactly like you would think he would be. And he was just like, it was like talking to like a big goofy kid, you know? And he was super polite and um, not weird and everything was totally normal. And he played and it was magic. We played and there weren't a lot of people there. And so, and it was just this dark little venue and it was pretty easy for me to get acclimated and get over my stage fright that night. Everything was cool. I kept drinking and spun around in the 90 degree night in Tucson and it was just super magical. Then the next day we drove to San Diego and the show there was at like a burrito joint. And so there was a ton of skateboarders there and that was another really easy show. It was just, I didn't get a lot of stage fright and um, we played to the skateboarders that were eating their burritos. And I felt I was on my game. It was my second night on tour. So I was a little bit more confident. I walk off stage and Daniel Johnston had been watching the whole show, standing there in his sweatpants. That's an important part of the story. He came up to me and he goes, that was beautiful. I love your voice. Every man in the audience had an erection. Give me a hug. <laughs> it was just totally innocent. He was being a, a little kid, like he was, you know? I want to thank Keith and Addie for sharing their experiences. Make sure to check out Keith's band's Amateurs and Earthquake Don't Give a Fuck. Also check out Addie's band, Adeline and the Philistines. And she's got an astrology book in the works, so keep an eye out for that. This podcast was created and produced by me, Josh Caldwell. Music by Visual Aid, my side music project. General support and copywriting by Miranda Caldwell. If you like the show, please follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and I hope you come back next week.